There I am. I didn't add myself to the stream yet. It happens sometimes. Despite our best intentions showing up and doing the best job that we can, uh, it's like when you create that lesson and then the projector doesn't work or there's a fire drill in the middle of it or something happens. So um, like right now, my wife cannot get onto the internet in our house and it is, it's, we're figuring it out. Welcome back, everyone. It's Sunday Night Teacher Talk. My name is CJ Reynolds and I run this here uh, YouTube channel with the help of, of our community and our team. And really the goal here, right? I, I don't necessarily say this every week, but just as a reminder is, uh, look, we're trying to show up on the day of the week that is the most terrifying for teachers and try to help them to get ready for the week that they want and not the week that they feel for, like particularly ready for at the moment. Um, so maybe as you're like doing your lesson plans or you're just like not doing lesson plans because you don't feel like it right now, that's fine. Um, that, that's what we're showing up to do. So look, in the comment section, you can leave any question on any topic that you want. And uh, we're talking teacher stuff. We're talking life stuff. And uh, if you just put a Q or a question next to it, it just help us, helps us to identify it. But the other thing you can do is help other people out. One of the best ways to make yourself feel better in the world is by just blessing other people. So like showing up, giving your two cents to someone. I know that there are folks that have met on here that like, meet outside of this now they whether it's in real life or in zoom calls or for drinks or coffee or in private emails like this is uh you know seth godin has this idea where he says people like us do things like this and what that means is folks that are thinking about education the way that a lot of us are the folks that are feeling the way that we are the folks that are trying to be a teacher um, that they dreamed of being, that's what we're kind of dreaming with today and, and going with on this channel. So that, that's what we mean by that. Um, you can hear some nature over here because it's it's, uh, it's oddly warm today here in, uh, in in our area. So we got the door open and the church bells are ringing. So just something we deal with. Um, do you need a second or you want me to pick a question? Yeah, I can't get onto anything. Okay. <laughs> I have a question for you, though. I can't put it up on a screen. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Um, one that just is here. Alex is asking guidance counselor here. How do you handle bullies? I find myself getting very frustrated by them, but I know there are bigger issues at play. I want to support them as best I can. Um, handling bullies, I think is, I mean, the, let, let me, I'm going to give you an answer. I have an, an absolute answer to this. But I think one of the issues in dealing with um, with bullies and with uh, with kids that are like what we would refer to as like a like a behavioral issue in class or kids that are not a behavioral issue, but they are like really low academically um, is that there is this mindset. I'm not saying that anyone on here is saying this, but just in the work that I've done, it's this mindset that we're going to be able to do something this year and we're going to fix it. And. That is just not the case. Anyone who's ever been to therapy, like you don't go to one therapy session. You're like, all right, man, I'm good. Thanks a lot. Like, appreciate it. I'll talk to you later. It is an ongoing occurrence. Anyone that's ever done a mentor call with me. So we do mentor calls or I do mentor calls uh, with with teachers, folks that want to be teachers, with administrators. They go up to our website, they sign up. And I my guess is that this is just a, a feeling that I get, intuitive feeling is that folks come with a list that's this long and we just can't bang it out in an hour. It's just, it's, it's, it is an impossibility. So in dealing with bullies, I think that there's probably a life of a like lifelong trauma 
that we're digging out of that something happened or a significant amount of time, even if it wasn't your whole life, right? That pain and anguish is coming from somewhere. And, you know, one of my, I'm going to say it's one of my favorite songs is uh, I put it in my book. I actually had to like contact the Mr. Rogers Association to, to put the lyrics in there. But Mr. Rogers had this song that was talked about. What do you do with the mad that you feel when you feel so mad you can bite? And it's this distinction between what are we doing with those feelings that we have? Are you biting people, punching people, um, punching a pillow, punching a wall? Like, what are you doing with that? And is it healthy? Right. So sometimes punching a pillow is just fine. Screaming out loud is just fine. But if we're hitting someone, it's not so fine. If you're punching your cat, um, you know, th- that is not a healthy way of, of dealing with some of the stuff that you're doing, because uh, all you're doing is inflicting your your hurt on others um, instead of instead of healing what's going on. So I think when dealing with bullies, it has to start with figuring out where that where that's coming from. What are you feeling that is causing you to act like this? And sometimes that takes more than a teacher. It takes like said, a counselor or it takes a school therapist or it takes a team of individuals to show up um, and try and get to the bottom of that. I think the other thing is utter, utter consistency. It is um, like, look, for those of you that, you know, a question I get a lot is like, there's kids that like talk in your class, right? You're trying to talk, and you told them on the first day, told them on the first day, not talking. If you're talking, I will wait. I will sit here. I will not talk. If you talk, we're going to do this. So what we're do, what kids do when they're talking over you, they're, they're waiting. They're waiting to see if you're really about it. Are you really about it? If you say you care about me, if you say you'll do anything, if you say that my success is, is your ultimate thing, if you say school's only ever about kids, prove it because in in the schools I've worked at, and um, and I'm sure a lot of you are dealing with students like this as well, where someone has said something, they didn't follow through. My dad said he'd be there for me. Then they got divorced. I don't feel like he's there. He cares more about his new kid more. They said my dog was going to be all right, and he wasn't. They said that grandma was going to be okay, and she died. My teacher said that she cared, but then I pissed her off really bad one day, and then she never, like, it was never the same again. So... When we work as a community, as a team together, because it cannot fall on one person, kids need to know that we're really about it. So when I tell you there's no talking in my class when I'm talking, right, there needs to be a few adjustments. Maybe maybe I'm talking too much. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just going on and on and on and on. And the kids are like, bro, I can't sit here for 45 minutes. Listen to you talk because I'm 12. Um, It is. But like. I really mean it like it doesn't it just doesn't happen. And so calling kids, looking someone in their eye and saying, could you please stop? Because I need to communicate these directions so that you understand because your success is the most important thing in the world to me. And right now you're getting in your own way. I need 30 seconds to convey this information. Then we're going to jump into this lesson. It's going to be awesome. That's what I'm talking about. So with regards to bullying, it's contacting home. It's contacting other teachers. It's seeing what behaviors are there and seeing how we can best as a team really be about that kid really put some things in place and really just keep showing up day after day after day, even though it's really, really hard. All right. Our next question is coming from Meredith asking, I have a class of 37th graders with four boys that are just changing the dynamic of the class Mm -hmm. every day with walking around the room, being disruptive and off task. How do I redirect to them? I, I am curious, uh, Meredith, 
um, what admin says about this. This is one of those situations where if you have 30 children in a class that are 12 to 13 years old. Um, I think Holy that's smokes. how old you are. In seventh yeah. grade, you're yeah. like 12. That's a lot of kids, 13. right? Like we hear Mar talk about this at school where there's like a lot of kids. There's so a just lot imagine, of class. Well, our daughter's in seventh grade yeah. and she is 13, a 13 or 12, 12 year olds, 30 of them in a class. Yeah. Holy smokes. I can't. That's already like over full and, you know, just a yeah. lot to handle. But four of them that are just, yeah, walking around being yeah. a disruption can so, so with I, 30 kids in a classroom, it can be a so big much, disruption. Right. Because then what you're trying to do is teach 26 yeah. and wrangle four. Yeah. And the four have a huge effect on the rest where they're like, oh, it's play time. It's go time. Oh, we're not. Well, look at our daughter. One of the things that she is saying, like it, she takes headphones to school, not to listen, like big noise canceling headphones. Like, like, like a Bose headphone um, or like a Beats. Um, but she takes them not to listen to music, but to cover up in class because yeah. she can't focus when it's loud or there's a lot going on or disruptive students when we're supposed to be working like that really impacts her. Like she sat in a class, I think this weekend on Friday and she was like, I didn't do anything. She's like, because I just couldn't. She's focus. like, I, could, I couldn't focus. Yeah. So. And, and look, I, I don't I don't even fault teachers for that. That is not no, they like can't help it. There's 30 no, kids in a room. When there's 30 kids. Yeah. Holy that is you are trying to. That's like. You can't, you can't, I, I'm trying to think of a good way to put this. The first way that comes to mind, and this isn't even the best example, but I'm going to use it anyway. If you are the lead singer in a concert, right? So you're, you're performing, you're trying to get the kids engaged, excited. Um, you're trying to pull off some sort of like beginning of class, like, like icebreaker or, or attention getter, right? And you're up there and you're, and you're doing your thing and there's four hecklers in, in the crowd. That's why there's security. That's why that exists, right? Not to kick kids out, not to just get put, get put them in detention, not just you're going to call, we're going to call your mom and you're going to get put in the in-school detention room, but there is something going on there. And while I'm juggling, while I'm performing, while I'm singing my song, I can't stop and address four and lose 26. I can't do it. So to me, the answer has always been, Pull those students out once, have a conversation with them. That conversation, uh, I've said this many times before, but it bears repeating. Um, stepping into the hallway, I need to know this is what I'm seeing in class, right? This is what I'm saying. I'm not saying this is what's happening. This is like, because sometimes I think I see things. I think things are going on there or not, right? So I just put it, I just put it on. I'm not accusing. I'm just being curious in the beginning, even if, even if you know what you saw, right? Even if. Like it's just it's an easier way to enter into a conversation because once you accuse defenses go up. Now it's like I'm not listening to you now. I'm going to just be like, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. That wasn't me. You don't even know what you're talking about. How come you didn't say that to the other kids? How come they were doing something and you didn't say anything to them? It's here's what I think I'm seeing. And I need to know that I do anything in class that may have upset you to cause you to act out in such a way. And then the kids are on offense not defense. Now it's, did I do something? I'll tell you what, no teacher has probably ever said that to a kid and it catches them off guard. They don't even, because they think they're getting pulled out to get in trouble. Yo, step in the hallway for a second. You're not in trouble. I just need to speak to you for a second. Look, here's what I think I'm seeing in class. And I need to know, did I do something that may have set you off? No, yes or no, right? Did someone else in class do something that may have set you off? Yes or no? If you get to the point where the kids are saying no, then it's like, all right, well then, What's happening in class? Because right now you're 
in school to learn. You're in school to find success. You're in school to grow and to become the best version of yourself. We're on that path, right? We're not going to get there this year. Probably we're on that path. You're getting in your own way. So what can we do to help you to be the best that you can be in class? And then really, here's the thing. Here's the thing about asking questions to students. You really have to listen to the answers. And so listening to kids and if you don't have time for all of this in the hallway and there's four kids pull and do not, I would not pull them out as a group. That's a terrible idea. It's talking to individuals one on one. If you can't do that, it's going to someone, an admin, going to someone that you trust, bringing somebody in that to say, this is a behavior that keeps being exhibited in class. I cannot have I do not have the time to deal with it. I need someone else to speak to this child. So putting that kid out, sending them somewhere so they can someone can hold a mirror up so that they can figure out what's going on and what can be done. And then it takes you to follow up with that too, Meredith. So like if I ever sent a a kid out and I sent him to my buddy, Mr. Meeks, and Mr. Meeks wraps with him in the office, um, and then Meeks lets me know by text message whether he thinks that kid can come back or not come back, um, I need to follow up with the two of them later, right? So there is some work, but I'm telling you that putting that work in is the difference between losing your hair and having a great year, um, <laughs> unless you're really into losing your hair. And then I, but I, I don't think people are. Um, so it, it is that that's like the, the first level of kind of what I would do. Um, I think the other thing is communicating with home. Um, but there's ways to do that as well with regards to like, not just being accusatory, but saying like, here's some, these are some behaviors I'm noticing in class. And I'm just curious. I just wanted to let you know and see like, if we could figure something out, like what works with, with, with your child uh, that might help them. I was just going to say that's, that's the key right there. It's not saying, Hey, your kid's doing all this, this, and this, and this, and this, take care of this at home, get them under control and send them in all good. Right. It's not about that. It's everything is a communal, like even for like the teaching, right. If there's the kids that are hand out of pocket, you have to create a community, like people around them to to carry them through and help yeah. deal because kids are still kids. They don't know like what's happening, that all the things, right? Hormones that are happening in bodies, like what they're dealing with and experiencing out in the world, in their private, in their homes, like all of that yeah. impacts us. And I don't, kids are still so young that they don't even know that that's really happening with them and how that impacts them. So sometimes when you have a kid, I think that's just like out of pocket like that. Sometimes they need to be just cared for a bit more and i think sometimes kids need to even be i don't mean to say that nobody's caring for the child that's not no, what i'm trying to but, say I'm, I'm waiting to see if you say this next thing because i know well, we're go aligned ahead, on you this because you, you but, got but it i already. know we're aligned on this because we oh, talked about sure. before care doesn't always just look like hugs and love yes facts care looks like consistency and holding care looks like i'm really about it care looks like accountability mm-hmm. care looks like you're not the only person in my class Right. There's 30 kids in a class. Right. I got four dudes that are messing it up. Bro, you got to go because I got 26, 26 more. You know what? I never used to think about that. And now I like think about like our daughter who like had that day the other day. And she was she sat in class. She had to go to the bathroom because she thought she was going to cry. She like got her like it it was so so overwhelming overwhelming for her. her. Like every it's hard to manage all of them. It is. But but I think Meredith. But I think (laughs) that folks like Meredith are not being given the tools to handle that the school should have a, a yes, play absolutely. place a strong play because remember when i had uh, mr jones um and when i taught in camden told me that if i sent a kid out of class 
I was sending my self-respect out of the classroom. Oh, that's right. Bro, what? And, now, so and I really th- I really took that to heart. I was like, all right, I shouldn't kick kids out. And then I got to a point where I was like, no, this is like. I can't teach the other kids. If one person is on fire right now, I they're going to catch everybody else on fire. We got to get you away from everyone else. And not, again, not in a like, get you out of here, kick you out. I'm gonna, it's mm-hmm. we need to remedy this. You have other stuff going on that's pro- that's prohibiting exactly. your ability to learn, right? It's Maslow's hierarchy, right? We're dealing yeah. with bargain basement level stuff here. We need to fix that. We need to help you or not fix that, but like we need to help you help them touch even that stuff. Understand or, that or process it or even like to just know that that's even happening. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, but it's this not, is one of those fixing. things real quick that like, yes, sorry, I'm talking over you um, that when we keep asking teachers to do more, I know. this is not a Meredith problem, right. right? This is like Meredith would deal with it. It's a one time or two time thing, or it's a little reminder because some kid is like a bit of a spaz. Right, but or there's something. bigger issues that like, yeah, unsupported that, that are systemic that. issues that are yes. like, we need to get to the root of this. And that is not a teacher thing. No, it's not. Those are some of the things that we hope to be able to help with, like in the future. Or like when we talk about, like when we talked about that in that I quitting video, it's not just for teachers. It's like, we want to help support in schools like and change school cultures and support leaders and district leaders and like all of those things in the future to make real changes and not just because you can't just change it's not teachers it's the problem it's the system okay i just feel like someone's going to be wondering is he drinking out of a lego head right now and i am so we went to lego land this summer and uh some look after going to lego land that's about all we get aboard (laughs) that's why it's my favorite (laughs) <laughs> okay, our next question is coming from Steph Shook asking, okay, this is a part one, so I'll have to find the other one. Uh, our admin is pushing for a full AVID school. I don't know what that is. Do you? Uh, they they bought binders and planners for every student and are now enforcing strategies during observations. This includes expanding our learning target to include which strategy we will be using and how we will know they learn the content. This seems like way too much to have to put on the board that they won't read anyway. Um, they won't read it anyway. I go back when, to that first part, please. Cause I just want to see what, what was the. Gotcha. Um, they bought binders and planners for every student are now enforcing strategies during observations. These include expanding our. Learning target to include such strategies we'll be using. Okay. Um, this makes me, before you start talking, yeah. to, it makes me think of the time that you had an observation and they were like, put all this stuff on the board because the students need it. And you're yeah. like, that's, they're not even going to read that. No. So I had to put, um, I <laughs> had to put all of my daily objectives on the board, which I already have, right? But I have them in language that's like the students understand it's on my giant smart board in all white background, just black aerial text, right? These big block letters. I was told that that can't be there. It has to be on the whiteboard. I have to handwrite it. Um, and underneath, I have to put the core curriculum standard, not, not write it out. I just had to put like the number because we all know that if there's one kid's thing kids have memorized, it is the core curriculum standards and they're going to understand right away or that I actually have the number of the core curriculum standard um, memorized. And so I will immediately look at that and be reminded as to what I'm supposed to be doing at any given moment. So um, they, so I put it up there and the next time I got observed, I was told, um, yeah, so here's the problem. Uh, You need to color code those. You need to be able to look at it and see the difference in them. And I'm like, one, 
do you know where we teach? No, like, you know what? And then let me tell you how many Expo markers we get every year. We're given two, two Expo markers. They're both black. Um, and so the only reason I have a ridiculous amount of Expo markers is because I did two brand deals with Staples and they gave me a metric buttload of, of Expo markers. So, so I'm like, all right, no one else in the school. You know what they can write in? They can write in black and gray because everyone has that Expo marker that you're just really hoping it just Oh, it's like the end of the toothpaste. It's like it started out I mean, black, but little, you get another You're like color. shaking it like it's going to help. Maybe if I put in some warm water, uh, I, if I, I put it upside help. down, like, but you're like, you're getting blood from a stone. It's so difficult. Um, and then all you got left is yellow. So, and no one has a black light in their room. Um, <laughs> so it is, it was so absurd to me. <coughs> Steph, sorry. It's, I think these are questions that I go back to administration with and I like to just ask questions and then talk to other teachers. Because this can be this is a total moment where like folks are just commiserating in school. They're just complaining about what's going on and how to handle it. I think there's a lot of value, though, in teachers getting getting together, not as part of some sort of coup, but like getting aligned. How, what do we think? How do we feel? Because sometimes I'll say like there were ideas that my school had last year. Um, that were, gosh, oh, like not last year, I won't say, but like in years past that were really beneficial. So when we decided to do a rotating schedule, which means that on Monday we had periods one through eight on Tuesday, we had periods two through eight. And then one was at the end, totally against this. It ended up being one of the best decisions we ever made because kids that typically got me at the end of the day could eventually get me at the beginning of the day and vice versa. And so it was like, and you were getting kids at different times that they might be more successful. Totally helped me organize my class in a better way. It was an awesome idea. And I was totally against it. So sometimes when, what that taught me was sometimes admin has has ideas that I think are dumb, but I have to just stop and I enter it with curiosity. And so it's about asking questions like, I'm like, what is the value? Where is the data that supports this value that shows that this is a good idea? Because not all things that are like it just, you know, are we trying to look good or be good? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to polish a turd here. Like, I need it. Like, are we like really being about students? And this is what's going to actually create. So in that Ava mentality, it's like um, it it is uh, closing the the learning gap. Right. And I know that's what all schools are like, really up and, and heated about right now because it's like oh my gosh we had all this learning loss we got to catch back up and then we wonder why like eighth graders are acting like sixth graders because that's the last time they were in school but um i think there's ways to do that but it is are we just trying to look good or are we actually trying to be good and then i need to see the science and the data behind that and then at what point how far are we going to take this till we realize it doesn't work um, cause you can give me your ultimate playlist for the, for a wedding, right? But any DJ knows that if you're playing a song and it clears the dance floor and everyone goes for drinks or to the bathroom or to get, have a cigarette that you need to switch the record up. You can't just leave living on a prayer laying, go until the end of the song, right? Like when you thought that was going to be the next jam and everyone was going to love it. It's like, Oh wait, do we do the four tops next? Oh, we going Motown now? Like, are we playing the Supremes? Like, um, what are we doing? And this is another idea we talk about in the book to teach like a DJ. It is at what, what are the mile markers for this 
experiment, right? <laughs> we have this idea. Nothing is a silver bullet in education. So what are we going to try? But then how, at what point are we going to take a look at this and see, is this working or not? And how do we need to then shift? Um, those are some of the questions I would go to your administration with. Um, and and th that's where I would start. You know, I have a whole hundred other things, depending on which way that goes, like a like a flow chart. Um, but that's where I would start. All right. Our next question is coming from. Oh, he said it before. He told us. Um, well, I shouldn't even say he. I don't think. Oh, I'm terrible at all. Burke. This. Yeah, Burke I meant to ask. Asking, too. I think it's mix. Um, MX is sent mix. the most wonderful. I think it was a DM. To you? Yeah, yeah, I got a little. I'm getting a little emotional thinking about ah, it now. That's so I'm just so nice. saying. Okay, um, asking. Uh, they are asking. My question today is: Sometimes I get stuck in the "Why are we even doing this?" mindset. Are we as teachers perpetuating a capitalism that is so harmful to so many people by working in this system? So Ooh, that's a deep question. It is a deep question. I I was, I think you know. I the idea of knowing what your why is is MX is mix just for anybody who needs what is it? Mix. mix yeah so if you see someone with a MX instead of Mr. or Mrs. like M I X yes he said M or they said mix okay all right cool um I've never had a student well actually students don't call themselves they don't have prefixes yeah. so I, <laughs> this is the first time I've ever yeah, seen it awesome. was on here it. yeah I thank you it. for letting us know thank you it, it really does it makes me feel less like a moron um <laughs> so this idea of having a why is not necessarily new, right? Especially since Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why. And if you've not watched that or at least or read it or at least watched the uh, the TED Talk, it's really incredible. But a student why I think is like is is so important for us to know as, as individuals. And so our school, our why was we created or it was created before I got there. I wasn't a part of this, but I participated in the, in the system was to help black and brown males to get to college and beyond. So it wasn't enough that we just sent kids off to college. I worked at a school before in Camden, New Jersey. Our goal was to get kids to college, but the matriculation rate was atrocious. Most kids just end up dropping out and having thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of student debt that they then had to work out of while working the midnight shift at Amazon or wherever. So our school did a lot of work in the really good years to try and help students that were in college stay there. And that looked like a whole lot of things. I think it's bigger than that. I think it is what it, it's really getting clear on what are we doing anyway? Like, what are we doing as a team to like, what is our part in raising young people and helping young people? And I really think that it is helping kids lead, lead a life that they feel led, that they feel excited, that, that is successful. But kids have to describe that. Right. But we don't have enough of that conversation. It's like it ends. At, it's like to get to college and beyond. Great. But what's that beyond piece? Like, what are we working on there? And so we often have these conversations. I heard this on a podcast the other day. Someone put it like this around like soft skills. Right. But it turns out soft skills are a whole lot more important. They're not even soft. Like it's such a, it's such a it's such a ridiculous term that we're referring to things like um, like rigor like grit um and 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 looking at like even that even that to go on a little bit of a tangent the idea of kids having grit is so absurd to me where i know my kids where i taught had grit right like when when 
someone you love gets shot and you show up to school the next day, bro, that's grit. It's just like they don't have math grit, though. The academic piece isn't there. But so I, I think if I rewind myself, um, why are we even doing this? That is that's a deep question. And, and that's something that we need to come up with. Um, and maybe like maybe that's just the people on here, maybe. But it, but it needs to be the people in your school ultimately. But if you don't have that, it's why, why are we doing it? Because I want kids to live a life that they dream of. I want kids to have all they desire, um, all that for me, it's all that God has for you and nothing more. But like, I want you to live a life of plenty, but there's a way to do that. And there's a way not to do that. Mm -hmm. And so right now, what we're doing is not the be all end all, right? We are getting kids started on the right track. We are helping to plant seeds, but then we have to water and fertilize those seeds going forward. And so how are we as an educational system doing that? Um, are we doing that by putting objectives on the board and forcing kids to carry binders that have no validity except for it looks like they're doing really important stuff? Um, or are we actually doing really important stuff? Are we creating spaces and places for kids to grow into this full human being in partnership with their community, meaning with their families, <clears throat> with their friends, with the other stakeholders in the neighborhoods they live in and us as being a part of that mixture that to me is like when we can get on that level, now we're talking something different. But too often, I think it all seems to fall on teachers. And because either folks are not equipped. I mean, I've called parents that were not equipped. I've called parents that told me I told I said, like, here's some ex behaviors I'm seeing exhibiting in my classroom. Uh, I want to talk to you about it. And they're like, listen, and a mom tell me one time I deal with him all day and night. This is your time to deal with them, bro. What? I'm sorry. Come again. Like I'm, I'm not even blaming. I'm just trying to like, but folks, when we're raising adults that have not processed that have gone through the stuff. So I was going to say that mom is probably the same as their child, right? Dealing her for with, five seconds. No, dealing with your own trauma. You are entering like, into this conversation with what you have. Yeah, you facts. can't enter into the conversation with what you don't have. Well, you can't enter in being a different person than who you are yeah. already. Right. Like, yeah. you so can't, I just, and in even that the, moment, the teacher I realized should never you, even expect that parent to have a certain reaction. And is that it's like, sad? Yes. Is it disappointing? Yes. Does yes. it fall back now more on me? And I feel like, oh, son of a gun. I thought I had a partner and I don't. <laughs> yes. But ultimately, you know, it it is it is working on you and working with other folks to come up with what is the reason. And I, I think the reason is very simple. It is education is only ever about students. And what we're trying to do is help kids live a life that is sick, like help them to find success and then reach that success that they want to have. Yeah. They also uh, mentioned it saying, and is college even a great goal for many? No, right? and it's, it's not. not. I'm going to tell you right now. I went to all, I taught at all college, college prep school. The admin would constantly over the years get mad that kids weren't trying to do like work hard so they could get to college. But I'm like, what if they don't need college? College isn't even for it's to me. It's like, let's take it a step wider, right? What do you want? What to do? do you want to do? <laughs> right. And then like I wanted to be a teacher. I cannot teach without going unless I want to teach. Like I'm sure there are a handful of schools and well, I don't know how successful are. they are. Yeah, I'm sure there's an. Yeah, I could just there are situations you don't even need now to teach anymore, apparently. Yeah. But but <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it is like certain things you need to go to college for. Um, And I don't and 
I mean, that's a big question. It's like, cause I don't do backup plans. So I, like when kids are like, well, I want to do this as a backup plan. I'm like, bro, just go full tilt, like burn the boats and take the island. Like we're not doing backup plans. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's a bigger conversation and that's a little naive. However, it is um, helping kids dream out an entire life, not a job. I love what is the life you want to live? And then how do we achieve that? Um, and then helping kids to, one real quick to level that life up. I don't know. Are you dreaming too small? Like right. maybe you're good with that, right? Maybe you're good with that because you came from such a tumultuous beginning. But like, how can we level you up and then and take you there? Yeah. Um, gosh, I love Trish is one of my favorites because she's always mm-hmm. talking about uh, literacy. And I, I love that. And she says, um, if we say that we care about marginalized kids, then how come this system hasn't even made sure those kids can read and write? And facts. I'm like, facts. That's facts. Oh, gosh. When in Pennsylvania, we're shouldn't not required we, here's another to one. test for dyslexia. She also says, shouldn't we worry about declining literacy across this country rather than worrying about the evils of capitalism. I mean, I don't know. No, no. It's, so both are bad. It but. is. It is. I don't want to. I don't want to take away yeah. from someone else's stuff. But 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 look. But there are big issues in, picture, in education. When like, we right? look at the educational system, what are we doing? We're we're creating buyers, right? And so like, um, make more so you can spend more instead of like. But I think and I think there's something deeper that that's a that's a much bigger conversation. I'm more than happy to have that conversation. But that's not the that's question. That's a video. No, that's not the question. No training. Asked. Okay, let's move on. Carol is asking, she, she's been waiting for her question. She's asking, what kind of activities do you do that involve students manipulating themselves? Walk the room gallery, walk, or an item using art supplies, Legos, Minecraft? Uh, I'll give a couple examples. I've had, a, I've done a lot of these. Um, we used to do, uh, use clay a lot in class to like create, um, instead of like drawing characters. And then like, you'd like, you know how like, you'd like, draw a character and then like make a list of like their character traits and things of that nature, a description of where they are, that kind of thing. Um, we did that. It's fine. Um, instead I transferred that to making Pokemon cards about different people. So like all the monsters, um, that exist in the Odyssey kids had to make Pokemon cards for them. And there was a template for that and we made that. And then there was another one, um, that transformed into building things out of clay. So making those monsters and characters out of clay, clay is a nightmare though, unless you have the room, the classroom for it. Like I'm talking about brown clay that like the, the art teacher just gave me like a big sack of clay. And it was like, no horrible idea. Everyone got clay all over the clothes. It was under their fingernails, it dried out everyone's hands. It was a nightmare. Um, <laughs> but we found that Play-Doh was just as effective. It just doesn't last very long. You can't fire it or anything. But to go to the dollar store and buy Play-Doh was far more cost effective. What about modeling and not clay? Messy. Like air dry modeling clay? I didn't know about that stuff then. Uh, I feel like that's a little bit expensive. But if you can get your school to front you money, that's one of those things you go to like Michael's oh, yeah. or Hobby Lobby and you have like the coupon code they give yeah. you 40% off and yeah. the way we do it in our family it's like CJ gets a line all, I get in line Marley gets a line gets, we're like all right listen we don't know each other everybody take a product <laughs> in your coupon code we're getting in line because dad needs stuff for school that's how we roll <laughs> um or asking even for these things for free going to a store saying this is where I work is there anything you can do to help me out and oftentimes school stores will give you stuff for free I've said this a million times um, it is. You have to just, yeah. ask just ask before you spend your money. Just ask like, just ask. Hey, look, I teach elementary school uh, at the school around the corner. 
Um, I'm buying this stuff on my own. I was just curious if the store had any sort of policy where they could help me out, whether it's a discount or like you do you give stuff away for free? Is there like what's the deal? Tons. I forget who I was talking to um, in a store and they said they partnered with local schools around. I had no idea. Like yeah. it's all local in our area. And I was like, oh, look at that. Like it just reminded me that same idea of like, nope, you got to yeah. ask. You have to like look into Pack it. Roach, say, says. I know. If you don't ask, the answers already know. Yep. Facts. So um, the other thing. Two that I'm thinking of real quick is when we do the Odyssey in the beginning of the year, I give them the very short, brief version of the Odyssey. And that game is you have to follow me around the school and do every single thing that I do um, and try and keep up. And then I just walk really fast for about 10 minutes. I jump over railings. We go down steps. We go back up steps. We go down hallways. We walk backwards. We jump from one thing to another. It is like uh, it's like old man parkour um, for about 10 minutes uh, because that's what following a leader uh, in the time of Odysseus was like, you had to just do what they did. If you're going into battle, even if we're going to lose, even if we know everyone's going to get eaten by this monster, you got to do it. And so that turns into a much larger conversation and that stuff. But like, in short, that's what it is. Um, but I find that getting kids out of their seats, out of the classroom, um, not not every day. I mean, th- there are some that like, I don't have the book here. I have it in the other room. Um, my, my friend... Uh, am i thinking of um becky schnexer wrote a book (laughs) called expedition science um and she never has her kids inside like almost never they go outside in the rain and so they have like rain jackets and pants and and things to cover kids sneaks so they don't get messed up and like things to cover kids hair that you know if your hair can't get wet and stuff like they're they're just outside all the time like living science um and not just looking in a book so yeah, her stuff's incredible. She's actually, we're she going to do that video. She's stoked oh, to do fun. it. Yeah. So real, I'll, I'll explain. Yeah, you can let everyone know. Um, <clears throat> I made a video recently uh, in conjunction with Samsung that came out last week about uh, creating um, uh, immersive experiences for students. And I got a lot of comments about how do you do this for science and math. And so my friend Becky and I are going to make a video. We're planning it out now uh, of and shooting it together so we can talk about some of those immersive experiences and how science and math teachers might do that in like with, and she teaches at a school with no budget. Um, it's in, it's in a city too. So it's not like there's a, it's not like she's in the country and it's like, Oh man, we're in Vancouver and there's redwoods and magic all over the place. Vancouver's fantastic. Um, I want to read a comment real fast that, uh, Someone said, there's a type of plastic pellet that you can buy heat and water, then mold however you want it. She says, do you have to have a source of hot water, though? Really? Mm-hmm. So I asked what it was. I don't, I don't think she's I would love to know what that yet. was. That sounds awesome. Macaroni magpie. magpie. What's, uh, what's your secret? What's... Oh, wait. Yes, that's her. We need your address as well. Did you tell her? No. Why oh, don't so you go real quick. Um, there were a number of people. We need to have you contact us because you won something from us in the last few weeks. So those folks that are winners that we need to hear from, I think all these people we didn't hear from yet. No, we did not. Um, it is Shayna Gherkin, Jacob Ingram, Macaroni Magpie, Stephanie Keel, uh, that's K-I-E-L, and Miss uh, Parham's class. Please shoot us an email at realrapwithreynolds at gmail.com, or you can just go right to our uh, right to our website, and um, I'm going to pull up right now, baby. Um, go right there and there's like a contact us. You can just hit us up there, but, uh, we have stuff for you. Come get some free stuff. So again, that was Shana Gherkin, Jacob Ingram, Macaroni Magpie, Stephanie Keel. That's K I E L and Mrs. Parham's class. 
Uh, hit us up and we'll send you some free stuff. Yay. All right. Next question is coming from Sophia asking, I'm struggling with being split between my two schools, especially since one is going so well and the other is not. I'm constantly anxious. Any advice going into both schools positively? (laughs) So she's split between two different. She goes to different. I feel like. I think she's a music teacher. And so a lot of times, like I remember (laughs) our music teachers and our and phys ed, they were between three schools when I was in elementary school. Um. Gosh, that's a tough one. I mean, it's it is it is. Uh, how do you navigate that anxiety feeling? Um, it's like first period going really well and eighth period, yeah, being terrible. Yeah, I think day. one you. I think part. Oh gosh, this is a tough question because I feel like I need a bit more information to really like answer it to the best of my ability but i would say in general when i have a class like uh last year my second period was man they were not they were tough it was a tough class but eighth period was a dream i mean and they weren't even all good kids but you know how sometimes you have kids that are pain in your butt but you're kind of like it's a difference between a stinker and, and a kid that's pain in your butt that's what it is it's like man it's just like they say inappropriate stuff but it was just so damn funny that you're just like oh so I loved it. So one of those was relishing in that. It's letting that class know like, yo, look, I love this class, man. Like I don't have every class like this. And I just want y'all to know that this is, we got something special here. This feels great. I love teaching this class. I love that you guys. So thank you so much for being here. Um, telling the kids in that school, like really filling them up with that kind of stuff. And then I think the other class, it's really dissecting and figuring out like, what is it that they're doing that, bothers you and is it something that can be changed um if it's not then it's that's that's you know we got to figure out how we're going to deal with something that we can't change right that means like do i stay there um if that's an option um how much mind share am i going to give this how much worry am i going to put into this so like when you have a student that is you've tried everything you've contacted everything you've done all the work they still need to be a willing participant in their own education and their own healing, right? Anyone that goes to therapy that doesn't want to talk, isn't going to get healed. They're not going to, I was going to say therapy, but that's not a word. Um, (laughs) So it is, you need to be a willing participant. And so when we're doing all that we can do, right. um, You need to be a willing participant. And if you're not, then guess what? My engagement is going to go down also, because I'm not going to sit here and spin plates and juggle fire. If no one's even paying attention to me, I'd rather just, like, I don't know, juggle something that won't burn my eyebrows off. So, um, and look, I've had those classes where like you try everything and the majority of your class isn't doing it. You know what I do? I've taught to the kids that that want to. I'm designing lessons that you guys are going to get excited about that y'all are going to like get stoked about. And then I don't plan for the other students. And I tell them, look, I didn't give up on you. I, but I'm saying like, look, if y'all are just going to talk the whole time, if you're not going to do anything, if you're going to come to class so wildly stoned, um, that you you can't even engage if you wanted to. And I've ta- I've called mom, I've told the nurse, I've told the principal, I've told the board, I've and no one's doing anything about it. What am I going to do, right? So I'm teaching the students that I can teach. Um, and guess what? When you need it, when you want it, when you when you come back to life, come come talk to me, and I'm willing to do anything that I can. But I can't be everything for every kid. So it's I think. And to some degree, and even though that's disheartening, and even though that it's it it can be like a, 
depressing, right? To know that like you have a class coming in, it's giving where you can give. And, you know, I can't, you can't feed people that don't show up for dinner. And so it is coming to terms with that. And if that, if that's still a really big, heavy burden, I, I just think, look, something we don't talk about enough, but I 100% believe in is maybe talking to someone about that, talking to someone about what is that that that's touching inside of you. Now, whether that be a therapist or a counselor or just a trusted friend, what are some of those things inside of you that are being touched that you might not, um, you might like that might be hitting something in you, triggering something in you. And that's more of the issue than just the kids like not being willing participants in their own education. Absolutely. Okay. Up next is Park Streak asking, how do you personally prioritize best when it seems like everything is labeled as important? Lots of things to do. And evidently, many things are a priority. Before you even answer this, I just want to say, gosh, you say this all the time. I do. We do. This is one of I don't know if CJ can actually answer this one because this is his biggest gripe, too. Like he struggles. This is a struggle area for you when like just as an insight into like what we do, there's so many different branches of what we do, like seven different arms. And each one of those arms literally needs a team to to help run it. And yeah. it's so overwhelming. And every single one of them is important. And it's that's been the hardest part with like doing this full time is like figuring out and how to organize and how to. Yeah. When everything's a priority. Yeah. So. Let, let's talk about that. Let's get real about this. And, and I'm going to be because <laughs> we're trying to figure that one out, too. Overly vulnerable on this one. Um, I as much as I talk about this idea of like that, even though I don't really believe in work life balance, it is this um, it's finding a harmony in your rhythms. Right. And uh, all the California people right there were like, yeah, man, all the New York people were like, screw that. Let's go. Uh, so <laughs> right? I know. Like, we're from the East Coast. We don't really do. We don't, we're not good on harmony. We're good at driving through the problem. <laughs> um, and so I, I think that in finding harmony in your rhythms, what that means is that you have this flow in your life where like, you know, not all things are balanced. I don't sleep um, as much as I like. That's really, really important to me. But like, I don't spend equal time sleeping, equal time with my kids, equal time at work, equal time with my friends. It's like, you know, it gives me like, I think the calculation I did was like, it's like 8% of your day given to everything. It's absurd. I need more sleep than I need time with my friends. Like, so, um, and, and I don't have any, I I love my friends. I don't have a friend in the world that I could be like, yo, eight hours, let's do this. Like, I don't, I, no. I think you'd be like, all right, man, we're three hours in. Uh, I'm ready to dip. Well, on friend day, when I hang out with my friend, like, it's usually yeah. like, Three, three hours is good. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, all right. <laughs> you feel the conversation dwindling after three hours. It's like, okay, see you. <laughs> Going home, playing video games. So um, the so the, the thing that I, so with all that I say about that, and it's all the putting things on my calendar and, and the date nights and the frying times and all the stuff, it is, um, it is still incredibly difficult for me, especially now that I'm working for myself. Um, I find myself... St- on many days working like 12 to 14 hour days. And, um, and that's just not healthy, but I know that I'm in the beginning stages of this, right? So just like when I was a new teacher, I had to put in a whole lot more time than a lot of those vets did. And the vets are starting the first day of school. And they're like, all right, let's go. This is going to be great. And you're like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 
you're like losing your feel like your face is going to melt off because it's it's hard. And that's what this feels like. That's what this feels like. I'm, I'm starting this somewhat new venture full time. And there's a level of anxiety that comes with that of like, man, I got to pay my bills. I got to I need health insurance. I got to like make sure that I can pay my mortgage. Like these are real things that I'm not getting a paycheck every two weeks. This is why I'm talking about this is because school can often feel like that too, where there's so much important stuff that needs to be done. And if you're not doing mm -hmm. it, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to get fired. You're a failure. Everybody else is doing it. And why am I not doing it? There's all this stuff. Yeah, so, just all the stuff even yeah, in your head. I'm whether living, it's true or not. I'm living that right now. I'm living that right now where I am finding it incredibly difficult <coughs> to take time off because I think I could be building this thing. So here's on my best days, Parks, how I deal with that. It is literally allocating time to any given thing. And then and then the peace that that gives me is incredible. So the other day, um, I love post-it notes, even though they're the bane of my existence because they end up 9,000 post-it notes all over the place. I will, I had, uh, I use Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O. I'm not affiliated with them, but it's, it's a really great site and it's free. Trello allows me to make to-do lists. Um, it is long-term projects. Then there's things that are marked to do. Uh, you can change your own label so you don't have to put it, but it's very simple. Then it's doing and then it's done, right? And then I have another thing that uh, my assistant made for me that's long, like ongoing projects, right? So like my newsletter comes out once a month, um, whatever else is, is long-term. So the beauty of this is that on my desktop, I just drag it from one thing to the other. So from to do to doing and then when it's done to done and this i get great satisfaction off dragging things over to the done file sometimes the to do is too is too many things so the first thing i do is i talk to my wife and i say here's all the things i have to do today what what do you think like, like give me some input not that her word is just gold but like give me some input my wife will then share what she thinks are the actual non-negotiables or the most important things today to get done and then i I, what I was doing last week was writing them on a post-it note and putting a time next to them. So for emails every day, which I'm very, very, like, I'm not good at doing emails. <laughs> it is putting 30 minutes and then I literally pick up my phone and set a timer for 30 minutes. And then that's all I do. I put in AirPods. I put on a playlist. I'm not picking songs. I'm not screwing around. I'm not finding a radio station. It is a playlist that helps me zone in more than anything else. For 30 minutes, I do emails, right? Then non-negotiable. I have to, I can do more emails later if I want. I have to go on to building the next project or answering the next thing or solving the next problem. And that gets a time. Maybe it's 30 minutes, maybe it's 60 minutes. But by the end of the day, when I do that regularly, I never reach the mountaintop, but it's I get to the next level, right? I feel like I can look back and go, we got somewhere. We're like, look at all those tracks in the snow. And so to me, that's what it is. It's identifying what's actually important today. And then it is um, it's setting a time for all those things. Because, um, look, you know, one of my mentors, I never I met him once, actually, my whole life. This guy, Wayne Dyer, used to say um, he would say, like, make a deal with yourself. So he said this one time they moved. They had all these cardboard boxes in, in the in the garage. And he was like, they just sat there for weeks because I just saw these just hundreds of boxes. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to go out there and unfold or fold up boxes so that the moving company could come pick them up. So he said, one day I made a deal with myself and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go out and do five of them. That's it. You know, five boxes and then I'm done. So he said, I went out and did five. And then I asked myself, can I do 
five more or do I want to stop? I'm, 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 I get to choose right now. And he said, so I did five more and then I did five more. And he goes, and in two hours, I did the whole thing. Now, look, whether or not you do the whole thing, there's a sense of satisfaction in doing the five boxes or doing 10 boxes. And I think that the rest of life isn't so different that it's like if you have dishes to wash or clothes to wash or lawn to mow, it's like, and even though it'll look weird, can I mow half my lawn right now? Right. It's kind of funny too, like mow half your lawn. But that's how I enter into some of those those issues and, and find I, solutes for them. I think the hardest part, Parks, is that you're right. Everything is literally a priority. Especially with school. Yeah. Right? And even in business. Yep. Everybody wants priority. their email back right now. And it's like, bro, yep. I'm speaking for four days out of town. I come home. I got 97. It's a lot. But so my bigger point was to say, like, everything is a priority and everything is important. I think it comes down for me because I feel that way too. It's just crazy. The pressure that we feel from all of it. And I think some of it's self pressure of like, I just have to think like, yeah, I'll get to, I'm only human, right? You can only get to so much. Um, And it comes down to that one. You have to listen to yourself and how, and how you're feeling. And you can only do as much as you have the capacity for. Then the other part is shifting and, going, what's the most important thing today? Like what's on the to-do list? I work backwards. Like if it's due today, that's what I'm working on. If it's due, <laughs> I know <laughs> I work backwards. I'm laughing because that drives me insane when you're like, oh wait, the water sewer bill's due today. Let's go pay. I'm like, wait. No, I'm not that bad, but like. Send it to us seven weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. No, but when you have to, I'm talking about when you have to figure out your day and like yeah. do like, okay, well, what am I going to do today? You have to look at, I think it works with like, what's the most important thing and what's on fire that you have to get off your plate like immediately. Those are the things that I do. Yeah. Um, and that's how I organize my day. You can only do, there's only so much in a day you can do. Yeah, there is. All right. Brooke is up next asking, how do you tell your kids you're leaving during the school year? I'm heartbroken and I want to do it the best way I can. Brooke, this is one of my next videos coming out. I made it at the end of last year uh, just after I decided that I was not going back to my school. And I made it with um, another at least one other teacher, if not two. Um, I have two videos coming out. One is what worked last year. Last year wasn't a total wash, a total loss. There's tons of stuff that worked. I, that's a funny thing. I think people think that your year was like, re- like you left because it was the kids or it was like awful or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, no, you're the school was on fire and a dumpster fire. Literally, your classroom was still OK. Yeah, it was kind of like, look, the year ended in a train wreck, but the ride was really fun in a lot of ways. Like, you know, it was like. There were parties on the train and then we crashed. Right. So like um, and we saw it coming, but it was like, all right, let's. Well, the interesting thing apart is the video that's coming out for with you and your other teacher. Flounders. Yeah. yeah, She was there the longest in the school. She was the first employee ever hired by the school. You and her. Well, what people won't know and I'll tell people is you and her had to like tell each other like. Yes, we're leaving at the end of it. Remember, it sucks. Like, remember, it's terrible. Remember, we're off mission. We were like, all right. I think this year is over. I think our time here is done. Like all the signs are pointing to exit now. And then we'd go and then after, if we had a good weekend, we'd be like, you know, I was thinking. It's not so bad. I don't think I'm going to leave. And then you'd have a train wreck (laughs) of a day and you're like, I think I'm done. And then it was the The two two of of you like back and forth. It literally took both of you all year to make the decision. Like even now when we see each other, we're like, did we make, it's like there are days when you're like, did we make the right decision? Um, 
So, so what do you that's say? That's one video, and now. then the other one. So it's it's one is how do you tell your students that you're leaving, and then the other one is how do you uh, like what worked last year also. So I think in short, um, look, I I talked to someone about this yesterday that I did a mentor call with. There's always going to be a class that's your last. You could teach for 40 years, and there's going to be a group of kids that love you, that don't want you to leave. What are you supposed to do? Add on another four years and another four years. And another, like as a high school teacher, I'm thinking four-year increments because I teach freshmen. And then I the, the students are all like, can't you just stay till I graduate? Bro, that's four more years. There's always going to be a class that's the end. Um, and it's about letting kids know ultimately that you love them, that you care about them, that you'll always be there for them. And so I, my students have my, and this look, I'm not saying anyone has to do what I do. Like I realize it's a little crazy. Um, it is, it is. I, some kids have my number. Some kids have my Instagram. I mean, I'm a public figure on, on social media. So like they can DM me, they can hit me up in a number of ways. Uh, I still go back to football games or to, to events that I can. Um, and so that's part of it, but then it's, it's ultimately knowing that you're saying goodbye to something, but you're saying hello to something else. Right. Wherever you're going, there will be people there that need you. There'll be students there that need you. And I swear to you, when I left Camden, it was heartbreaking. Romina, who wrote that the was opening the first, to my book. That was your fourth. first school that you had yes. to leave. I mean, you've only ever left Kids that. cried Westbury. when I told her. I remember telling Shayla and she like got she just started crying. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, don't do this. Don't do this to me. Like, I, I need you to be strong right now. I know. Um, but I knew in 10 minutes of being in my new school with students. Oh, this is why I'm here. This kid needs me to show up. Like, or students that just start, come up and start talking to you and interacting with you. And you're like, oh, this is everywhere. No matter where you teach, kids need good teachers to show up and be present. And that, I, so as hard as it is to say goodbye, that showing up process. And look, now Ramina comes to my house all the friggin' time um, and buys my kids Krispy Kreme donuts and all kinds of other stuff that's gonna make me sick. Oh, are you waiting for me? I am. Let's do uh, one more. Uh, oh, yes. I mean, we got time today, but I just want to respect people's time, too. I, I always know. Say that. And there's, there's no Eagles I game today. End, there's a really Phillies good one. won again last night. I mean. We did not watch that game, and it ended like it. Like, it won 10 to 6. I know. Yeah. We should have watched the game. Yeah, we Shut watched up. it some. But then you fall asleep on the couch. I do. And then I'm like, this is lonely, and I can't <laughs> cheer. I'm like. You can wake me up. I don't care. Okay. Will is asking, how can I build a relationship with other teachers who don't take me seriously because of my age? I am 23 and I am constantly looked down on by other educators at my school. So, Will, one, I'm noticing your your profile picture there. Um, Do you know who that is, Johnny? No, it's an anime. I believe that is Naruto. Um, Because Ham used to wear that headband and it was metal on the front. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, and he would t- he'd tell me uh, I'm black Naruto. And I'm like, I don't even know what you're saying. No. And the, the <laughs> oh, only that's right. I, I remember. Because I had to go home and like look it up. <laughs> yes. Because Ham would just talk about it all the time. I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> and not that I'm going to go watch the show, but I had to have a sense of what the uh, what he was talking about. Well, here's the thing. One of my um, favorite sayings of all time. It is It is a quote that I love dearly is by Steve Martin the comic, right? Who has, I coincidentally has a really great show on Hulu right now. We start watching, it's called only murders in the building. Oh yeah. Right? It's actually really Friggin great. Awesome. 
Um, if you need an escape from your reality, that is the show for right now. It's the best show I've seen since uh, uh, Ted Lasso. No, Hacks. We oh, Hacks, Hacks was a great show, too. But Ted Lasso was... That's your favorite, yeah. Oh, gosh, love. It makes you want to grow a mustache. Um, oh, God, please, no. Steve Martin said, be so good, they can't ignore you. And so I think that that is part of the move, Will, is not focusing on, it's almost like, you know, look, I'm from Philly. Like, we love underdogs in Philadelphia. Um, It is, I mean, it's the land of, like, the, the Eagles winning the Super Bowl several years ago and, and Rocky. It is this idea of noting where you are. Um, and I realize that, like, look, we're not doing things so that we get accolades. We're not doing stuff so people pat us on the back. But it's hard when when people are actively not treating you as an equal or thinking down about who you are and what you're about. I get, I understand that, but how good can you make your class that your students are going to love it every day? Uh, my publisher, my friend, Dave Burgess says, how many of your classes do you have a year that you could sell tickets to? Like, think about that. What, what are you doing in class that you could sell tickets to? And so I don't have a lot of them. That's not every day, right? But I have, there's like at least four classes where I'm going to be real with you. There's about four classes a year that I'm like, yo, dude, show up to school today because we're doing this thing. Um, so how could you work on you so you become the best you can be and then work on your class so your class can become the best that you can be? So you're singularly focused on that outcome. And then in doing that work, you're, you will grow, you will get better. And in getting better, how can you be so good that no one can deny? It's just like, yo, Buckingham is like on fire. Like, I don't even know what's happening in that class. His kids are great. This class is great. His energy is contagious and infectious and is like, um, you know, I, I think that's that's what it is. But but that's going to take some extra like motivation from you. Uh, one of my heroes, I already quoted him today, this guy, Pat Croce. Pat Croce was the former owner of the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, and Pat Croce was like, said that he would give people sonic boom hellos. <coughs> Sorry, that went down the wrong way. Um, sonic boom hellos. So if you say hi to someone in the hallway, hey, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing? Uh, I had a, I had a principal once that used to, I don't think he liked me. He would just ignore me every single day, even though I said hi to him. So it'd be me and my buddy, Mr. Hasty, standing in the hallway. And Hasty would say hello. And my man would say back, hi back to Hasty. I'd say hello. And he wouldn't say anything. So I'd go, yo, Hasty watch he, he's not saying hi to me so no doubt dude would walk by every day on his way to wherever he was going i'd say hey how you doing today and then he wouldn't say anything and hasty was like yo it's crazy and i'm like yo watch tomorrow i'm start. i'm giving the sonic <laughs> boom hello right this is the sonic boom hello sonic boom hello is i'm gonna smack you in the face with love not literally uh figuratively um with so much love and excitement that you cannot at least you have to acknowledge me you have to. So the next day they come down the hallway. Yo, everybody give it up. What's up, man? How are you today? I'm looking forward to a great day. And I hope that you have the most great, like this most special day ever. They can't say no to that. Now that's not everyone's jam. I'm not expecting everybody on here to go in and start sonic boom. Hello and everyone, but you can sonic boom your class. You can sonic boom your personality. You can sonic boom the way you dress, the way that your classroom looks, the way that it smells, the way that it sounds. Um, you can sonic boom how you show up to a meeting and you're showing up and saying hello to everyone and making everyone feel loved and welcome and cared for and seen. You can sonic boom all kinds of stuff. So when you start doing that, it makes it really hard for someone to look at you and then and think that you're not doing enough or that you're less than them. And even if they still do, that's on them now because you know you're sonic boom in life. 
And that if somebody else doesn't want to get down with that, then that's not someone I want to get down with anyway, right? I had a real issue in high school where I only liked, this, this might make you laugh or it might make you identify with it. I only liked girls that were the toughest, like yeah. 10th grade. CJ likes them a little Sat next saucy. to this girl, Liz, right? <laughs> she had a tattoo on her neck. This is in 1993. Like, no one had a tattoo on their neck, right? I loved her. Oh my gosh. She sat next to me in English class and every day I was like, I looked like <laughs> young Justin Bieber and Everybody's she looked cracking, like you're cracking everyone. she was in like orange is the new black with a tattoo on her neck. I just, it, but that led to me trying to figure people out. Like, how do I break through? How do I get Liz to mm. laugh at me? Now Liz, she got pregnant that year with some other dude's baby. And I wasn't about that. I wasn't trying to raise some kid. So uh, I had to let Liz go. But, um, but even, even you wife, you were a tough one. Oh, I, I can one. get saucy. Yeah, I, we keep it nice and uh, nice and PG on, on, um, on but here. That is part of the draw, right? So I see those moments. But then if I see someone that I can't, I, I the challenge, like they don't they're not participating in the same game I am. I just move on. I find people that are also doing Sonic Boom living. And that's who I that's who I bang with. Yeah, it's kind of it, it's hard if you don't find your people in your like if you don't have that community within your school. Like the teacher community, I think find it online at least. Like, and I'm grateful that we can provide that for some of it. That's the beauty yeah. of social. There's a lot of toxicity in social mm. media, but finding your folks. Seth Godin said that people like us do things like this. It's being with your people. Um, that doesn't exclude anyone, right? Except for folks that don't want to get down. You don't want to dance in my party. You don't want to come to my party. Then don't. I'm not going to change you come to my party. I want you to show up, but. We're, we're really trying to get after and do work. Okay. I have two really great questions on here. Um, do you want to ask? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, it's a two-parter. Um, part one, I have a child with obvious ADD, but mom is always surprised when I have to speak with her about his highly impulsive behavior, both verbal and physical. Yeah. How do I explain it to her that can help her understand his needs for consistent strategies, consequences at home too? So Marie, I don't think that you do talk about it with mom. I think that you go to the special education department, you talk to the school counselor, you talk to the school administration, and you talk to your team at your school. Um, this needs to be a collective effort uh, because look, I'll tell you as a parent that has a child with ADHD, severe ADHD, um, it, where I constantly have to go, Brody, bro, bro, over here. And he's not on meds. So yeah. like at home when we homeschool, it's very, very hard. It, it's, it's like stream of consciousness all the and time. And it requires right? a straight one-on-one. But when one. he started going on meds, it was one of the, top, I want to say top five terrifying moments of my life. Because you just, because yes. some of the meds made him depressed. They made him anxious. He didn't want to leave the house. His hands would sweat all the time. And he was just going like it's this. It's hard. It was it's, hard to watch your kid. It's a hard thing to accept that your child is less than perfect. Well, and not only and, that, I, I don't even think it's that. I, I want to play a little bit of the other side here. Please. Because I think that, look, I have a child with extreme ADHD. But for something that I didn't know about myself as a mom and as a parent, as once I became a parent, like you then start to learn about yourself as a parent. I'm learning about my own parenting as I'm growing and parenting my children. One of the things that I learned about myself by having a child with ADHD is that I have ADD like and it's pretty severe. Like the fact that I can't I, I it's hard for me to complete things. You we have conversations and you're going, yo, we Ed, both we both do. Our whole house is like and nobody's medicated. So CJ's always going, 
yo ad like stick to what we're talking about like and i'm i try but it's so she that mom might not even know that she has the same That's, issue is what really i'm trying point. to say like you only learn it through having the kiddo that has the issue right you might see some of that and go oh that's me too so and i think legally like you're not even allowed to like recommend or say like hey i think suspectedly like your child has adhd um so you can come at it with cure i don't think you can ever say like these things directly because you're not a doctor yeah. like, i wasn't allowed to tell parents that right i was or dyslexic sure right dyslexia. you can't say any of those but you i can think work with your team to try and communicate but you can also in ask way. in curiosity say like hey i'm just wondering have you noted these things about tommy that does x y and z yeah. but if they don't see anything from your email and like they don't respond and say like oh yeah i see these things too what could we do like if if your curiosity doesn't prompt a conversation, then your only avenue is the school. And but and then I think that becomes a conversation with the school about, well, if this child's not on medication, then what are some of the things that we're willing yeah. to do as a community to help them? Can we get a stand up desk? Can we get a wobble board? Can we get fidgets? Can we give can they stand breaks? in the back room? Uh, like what what are we doing that's going to help that kid and students, even though if they don't know they have that label? of having ADHD, yes, they right? know that they have difficulty yes. focusing. Yes. And you showing up to care for them and to give them that sort of like level of like, we're seeing you and this is what the efforts that we're making to help you, I think goes a really far way to kids too. Yeah. Okay. The other question, and we're going to end on a, on a fun question. Uh-oh. Uh, cause Justine said, can we end on a fun Halloween? Oh, you got <laughs> so it. She's got one, but I want to um, answer Katie's, because I think this is an important question. She says, how do you have honest conversations with students without putting too much on them? Having to be a hard or having a hard convo this week and want to maintain proper boundaries, but also be honest. Um, I, I think it comes with, look, I've said this many, many times before, but um, our life, I think you can draw a line from, from where you are to the success that you want to have is based largely on difficult conversations. Whether that's a difficult conversation, like think about it, right? Like if you want to lose weight, you have to have a difficult conversation with yourself about your weight. Um, if you want to make more money, if you want to have a better relationship with your spouse or with your kids or with your admin, um, these you have to learn how to have hard conversations with yourself and with others. And that is there's a direct line between that and being successful in anything. That being said, I think that it comes from a place of care. Now, look, you could be. I'm, I'm putting you on blast right now, uh, mother-in-law. My mother-in-law does Uh-oh. this thing where she says- She might be watching. She'll be I'm like- listening. I know. <clears throat> she'll say, God bless someone, and then say something that is not always nice about them, right? So she'll be- Oh, you really hard my mom She does. Plan. Doesn't she do this all the time? God bless that baby. It's not very pretty. <laughs> so you can't, just, you can't just sprinkle God on it, and all of a sudden, you can say whatever you want. I'm telling her that you said this about her on the podcast. Look, and I love her with all of my heart. Literally, she's wonderful. (laughs) So I think there's there are people that are like, look, um, they they can fake that. You know, it's like the old like you broke up with someone. You're like, it's not you, it's me, and then you tell them a whole bunch of horrible crap about themselves. But it is, it is being there, letting them know that why you're saying this is because you care for them that you want them to be successful that you love them however you want to have that language but then the bigger part um katie is that you have to follow up 
It's the following up with love and care and support that often people don't do. They say, right, like, and and I, you can take this, the really big things like, you know, I remember when my mom got diagnosed with, with lung cancer, stage four lung cancer, her friends were like, we'll be there for you. It's going to be so great. Guess who was there in like three weeks? Nobody, no one. It was me and my aunt and my wife, uh, then girlfriend that took care of my mom the whole time that she was sick. And so it, it's, are you really going to be about it? And then you have to think, Katie, how are you going to show them that you're still being about it? Not that you have to show up and, and keep ha- rehashing the hard conversation, but just showing up and having a kind word, saying something supportive, saying something nice, offering some help on something, just being there and really being about it. That's the, that's the part that folks lose. Have difficult conversations, even if your voice shakes when you're having it and you're scared to death, have the conversation, but then know that, the real support comes not in just having the conversation, but having the follow up to do that and really being about it. That's how I would address that. Um, I have a question, though, a follow up for that one. How, is there any way in the conversation, to be honest, when you're when you're speaking to a young person that is still figuring out life in themselves? Is there a way to say what you need to say without like crapping on them? I think sometimes honestly, the crap I, on I, I like smiling. Kind of like a little bit. I think needed. smiling eases it. I go, bro, we gotta have a conversation. Look, and this is not even the easy one, right? I, but you know, more than anything, I love you. I and I and I know not everyone likes to use the L word with their students, but I love you. I only want the best for you. I want you to have the life that you dream of. But if we're gonna get to that life, we need to know that there's some things right now that are getting in your way, and you're one of them. And we need to unpack that so I can tell you some of the things I'm noticing not accusatory, being observant and curious. These are some things that I'm noticing and I need to know if you're noticing them also so that we can work together to come up with a plan to help you be successful. Um, and you need to know that even after this conversation, you, I got, you got me. I, I got you for the rest of your life, bro. Like, um, And so that's how I enter into those. And it's like, it comes from a place where it's not like this cold hearted, dark, look, we have to talk about something. It's just, it's just not working out this way. It is from a place of optimism and love. It's from a place of optimism because I know we can get there. I know all we got to do is handle this hurdle and we got it. And so that's a different way to enter into the conversation of like, yo, look, we got we to gotta note this problem so we can work on it together to come to a solution so that we are both winning in this scenario. So that's it. All I right. A fun question. I do. This is it. Well, I, those, I said I had oh, two. Those are good questions. So yeah, those there were two questions. really Thank good questions. That's why I wanted to bring them up. Okay. So Justine is asking haunted houses, yay or nay? I know this answer. Justine, it's a big old nay. There is a place <laughs> in Philadelphia called Eastern State Penitentiary. My great grandfather worked there as a prison guard. That's a whole long conversation. It's um, very cool and spooky it in its own right. Yeah. It is now just a tourist attraction, but during Halloween, they have an incredibly, to me, not scary to me, horrifying, <laughs> life altering in a negative way experience that you can walk through. Um, many, many, many years ago, I took a bunch <laughs> of students as a class trip at night. Um, someone donated some money to our classroom. I was able to buy tickets for my students. We went, my wife went with us. And here's how I went through that scenario. This, I found a child. Cowered by my students. I was very close. I was like, we're, we're close. Uh, this is the closest we've ever been. I held onto their shoulders and I hid behind their back the whole time. This is, I literally went through the whole thing, holding onto their shoulders. Christina Torres, 
Um, she's great. She, we talked about this because she works. She's a manager at some fancy Nancy uh, makeup place in in the Cherry Hill Mall. Um, and the last time I saw her, she was Mr. Reynolds. Oh my god! And you then she's like, that? "Remember that time that you hid behind my back?" At the I'm like, "Yeah, I remember." Please don't say that in front of my kids. Um, literally hid behind her the whole time terrified i do not like being scared it makes me want to punch people in the face every single time makes me angry (laughs) like anything that scares me um even when i play fortnite with brody right now there's all these jump scares because it's fortnite mares is the thing it just makes me pissed off when it happens so do i love them yeah i love the creativity i love the way they can use lights and sounds and the costumes and the effort like people love that stuff on the eastern state penitentiary one's not even spooky it's like cheesy scary such a wimp. Thanks for showing up this week, everyone. We're gonna. <laughs> I love haunted stuff. I love Halloween. It's one of my favorites. You do. It's not my favorite. I go with it. Our house is decorated to the gills. <laughs> to the gills. Um, I like fall and Christmas decorations, and I want to. I like celebrating Groundhog's Day because it's absurd. Um, we do that too. Just I like we do. The spooky. Yeah, but and our kids like. Man, our son loves that stuff. Anyway. Gang, <clears throat> look, um, we are, I keep, here's my new promise to you, right? Let me make a promise to you real quick. I keep saying we're going to do stuff and then life takes over. Something lands on my plate and I can't get, I want to do this student engagement workshop so oh bad. I need to just open it up, but I need to make a video for it so I can put it out there. What I need to do is just open it up. So my promise to everyone um, is that by this Wednesday, that will be open. I just told you to stop promising no, things. No, but I'm going to just open it up. And oh, people okay. that don't need the video, they don't need all the fancy razzle-dazzle, right? To like They're just gonna help them see what it is. They can sign up. I can add the video later. Um, that will be open by this Wednesday so you can purchase it. Um, and uh, I think that's it. All right. I didn't even say yesterday. I almost wanted to say tomorrow. Yeah, don't do that. But I'm Because you have no idea what the rest so of the day is. Holding. I'm saying Parks Drake. Here's what I'm doing. Giving myself time to do it. All right, gang. That's it, gang. If you need anything else from us, you can reach us right at realrapwithreynolds.com. Uh, can you take that uh, comment off for everybody? Sure. And, uh, or, you know, go to our Facebook group, which is a really wonderful place of magical and incredible people that are helping each other out. There's a lot of people in there that are struggling right now. So if you feel like you got the goods to give, or if you just need someone to connect with that's going through the same stuff that you're going through, our Facebook group is the spot to do that in. Um, I just encourage if you're if you're a teacher who is having a great year, because not every teacher is having a bad year. If you're having a great year, share those share stories, those stories or help man. spread it, some. It doesn't because that can make people feel bad. But I think it can also give people hope that like, no, man, I it's think not it's all... I think it's how you phrase it. I think yeah. you can say like, here's my win today or here's what I'm like. I hope to inspire. Yeah. Like, so I think if we share that, yeah, it's like a singing in the rain moment. But uh, sorry. Cool. But that's it, gang. Uh, Anything else, wife? No. Rad. See you next week, everybody. Peace.